the Radio Essentials podcast. A podcast about radio with your host, James Marriott. It's that time again. Welcome back to the Radio Essentials podcast. Episode 3, October 2021. I'm James and I'm your host. And, uh, well, you know how this works now. Every month we meet someone from the big wide world of the wireless to talk about their career, to talk about how the industry's changed and developed and what they think the future might have in store. Plus, of course, it's a radio podcast. We've got to play a couple of silly games as we go. Radio Essentials is all about providing content and services for radio people. Check out radioessentials.com. Now, this month's guest, please welcome from Gem in the Midlands, Joe Russell. Hi, Joe. Hi, I was going to whoop and cheer when you did that. Because it's radio, isn't it? So I thought I'll oh, rub and cheer, and then I thought, oh no, it's going to so going to throw him so early. No, it's fine. You, you know, I could put that in the post production if Woo! you want. We could have a bit of whooping and cheering going on in the background, and everyone will be thinking, why did she say that? There's whooping and cheering there, you see. <laughs> The magic of radio. Yeah, make me look um, stupid in the edit. Happy. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, Joe. We're going to talk about your career. We're going to talk about your thoughts on um, radio in a bit. Plus, I mean, the important bit, which is that you get the opportunity to trump our two guests so far and go top of the leaderboard on Jock Against the Clock. This is why um, I'm here. This is it. This is what it's all about. Um, before that, we always start with a quick round of the old radio classics of celebrity birthdays. So um, you've got, you've got four, four points on offer here. You know how it works. We've got a celebrity. They've got a birthday in October. You've got to say whether their birthday is going to be higher or lower than the last celebrity. So your starting point is Eminem, whose birthday is on the 17th of October. You don't get any points for guessing this, but any ideas how you how old do you think Eminem might be? Gonna go forty-eight. Oh, you're so close. You're right, okay. Forty forty-nine. Yeah, right, okay. Uh, Eminem. So he's forty-eight right now, so I mean I guess you'd be you're kind of right in that sense. 48. Um so for your first point, also celebrated their birthday on the seventeenth of October. Wycliffe Jean of uh, Fuji's uh, fame, I believe, um, higher or lower than 49 for Wycliffe Jean? Higher, 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 You seem very definite about that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Have you been cheated? No, it, I, I'm, going, <laughs> I'm going on not era, looks alone. <laughs> oh, it's, oh. I've heard he's not a listener to this podcast, so you'll get away with that. Thank I think you. you'll Good. be all right. Don't come after you are me. correct. You are correct. Wycliffe Sean will be fifty-two. Um, so yeah, a few years older than Eminem. Next, we're going into the world of acting. You have Tim Robbins. He, of course, played many people, but perhaps most famously played Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption. So we're at 52. Hiya. His birthday's on the 16th of October. You, you, you're in there before I've even asked you. You're absolutely <laughs> certain on these, Joe. Higher. Do you know what? It's quite a bit higher. 63. Right. No clue who so he is. He's, he's a good 11 years. You do, do you not know who Tim Robbins I is? is? I think I know the name, but then I'm thinking, is Tim Robbins the name of somebody in some sort of sitcom? And so I, I don't know. We've, I don't know. We've got we've got to explore this now. Is this you confessing that you've never seen the Shawshank Redemption? I think I've here's here's me in movies, right? I when I watch movies, I go and I know I've had a lovely time, and I watch the movie, <laughs> and it's all and I've loved it. But if you 
more than three days after the movie ask me for any information about that movie i I just go oh yeah i I loved it and don't necessarily remember i think i've seen shawshank redemption because i think somebody who i worked with forced me to watch it and said oh my god it's the best movie of all time so i think i did watch it but many moons ago so well i can't remember kudos to your colleague because it is one of the best films of all time and it always comes in like the top like top three of every you know all-time ultimate film list so um uh, I, I feel if there's homework to come from this, it's that okay. you need to go and watch Shawshank Redemption again and then remind yourself who Tim Robbins is. Question, better than Detective Pikachu? <laughs> is it one of my favourite movies? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. tight. Have you seen Detective Pikachu? Uh... <laughs> then you can't judge. How dare you, James? How dare you? I'm... I'm going on an assumption that it's going to be an awesome movie. It's I'm, an awesome I'm movie. Fairly certain There's of that. a twist. Sorry, we've gone so off the game. There's a twist in it that you won't see coming, and you'll cry. Okay, I'm going to watch it. I'm going Thank to compare you. whether the <laughs> twist in Detective Pikachu is better than the twist in Shawshank Redemption. Okay, and we will we'll resume this conversation at some point I'll in the back. not too distant future. Right, I'll you've got a, you've got a deal. Uh, right, back to the game. So we're on 63 uh, with Tim Robbins, and next you have Sarah, the Duchess of York, Sarah Ferguson. Uh, so we're at 63, higher or lower? Lower. Slightly. Oh, no, hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lower, lower. Oh, yeah, lower. Final answer? Final answer. Lower. She will be sixty, so you are right Yay, to say slightly Sarah. lower. Go you're doing, you're doing, you're going great, guns here. So you've got three out of three so far for Full House. Then finally, Simon Le Bon, Duran Duran singer. Twenty seventh of October is his birthday. Are we going higher or lower than sixty? Lower, lower, slightly. I'm going to put Le Bon at fifty eight. Very exact. Unfortunately, it's wrong. He's older. Is he older than 60? He'll be 63 this October. Oh, my God. 63. He's almost almost ready for his pension, bless him. Oh, he is. Simon. I think we all look back and and think of him in in a certain era, and it's difficult to imagine him getting old, isn't it? But, yeah, 63. I tell you why I thought he was younger because when Boy George turned sixty a few months ago, and I it floored me that he was sixty. It just like I was took my breath away. I was like, "What are you telling me? How can he be 60? So I thought Le Bon, similar era. So I thought maybe he was a bit younger, a bit younger. I, I can't deal with celebrities aging, you know. It, 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 it's I, I, I remember the time that they were, like, at their peak and their their age freezes at that point. And so when, you know, 20 years later, they're 20 years older, and I'm like, no, 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 we can't have that. We it can't doesn't have make that. sense think, in my brain. That's the yardstick. And we need – if if they could stay young, then we can stay young and everyone's happy. So well, This is that's... my problem. We haven't aged, so how have they? <laughs> <laughs> I like your theory, Joe. Yeah. I like your theory. Uh, right, let's talk a bit about radio then. I love this bit. So I want to, I want to take you back to what was the moment where you just thought, radio, that's where I need to be. That's what I want to do. I was, um, I knew I wanted to do radio when I was like 13 or 14, that sort of age, the age when the careers 
um, person came into school and and said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a radio presenter. And they said, well, what does your mum do? And I said, um, she works in a bank. And they said, oh, well, maybe why don't you do that instead? And I said, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to be a radio presenter. And, you know, it all feels, it feels still a bit like a pipe dream, but it certainly it was treated that way, certainly when I wanted to get into it. But I knew I did. I used to listen to um, Simon Mayo, Jackie Brambles, that sort of era, um, my favourite duo were Bruno Brooks and Liz Kershaw on w- Weekend Breakfast, I want to say Radio 1, I think. Um, it's a long time ago. And th- it was that sort of show that I always knew that I wanted to do. I loved music. It was a huge part of my life. Certainly my teenage years, as I got a bit older, music was everything to me. And I just wanted to get into radio, but but not not, not a, a serious music show but a fun whoa <laughs> the whooping and cheering side of radio i just i love a team show um and 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 those are the 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 djs essentially that made me want to do it because i just loved listening to them what what was your path then how did it kind of go from from there because obviously you're not from a radio family as such mum no. working in a in a in a in a bank and um you know i think sometimes people that come from those sort of families who've maybe already got someone who's in radio it's a bit easier isn't it the the path so what what was your kind of journey into radio then i i remember being 14 and going i can't understand why I'm not on the Radio One Breakfast Show. It feels weird that <laughs> I'm not there because I could. What, totally what were they thinking? I don't know. Um, as I as I got a bit older, I I firstly took part in a, a Atlantic two five two search for a star, um, right. uh, and got down to a, a final there. But that relied on it was back in the day. No texting in those days. You had to go and do like a, a one minute bit on a, a radio show from, on your phone. And then they they opened the phone lines for people to vote on whether you're any good. So it's literally me and my mum putting on voices. Oh, yeah, I want to vote for Joe. She's great. So, yeah, didn't win that, but got to the final, which was nice. Um, but then I did hospital radio. I went to York Hospital Radio to learn the trade and to, I, I guess, to work out what my presentation style was because essentially I'd never really done it before. You know, I, it, it's... It's very, very different to open the mic and, and talk. I think you need a good few years, I think, to work out your style and what type of show you want to do. Um, and so I learned that at Hospital Radio, um, which was just fab. It was proper fun, real good fun. Uh, so that's how I got into, well, to learning it, essentially, uh, learning what yep. to do. And, and it's a, a good thing to do. Uni radio, I know a lot of people do, but I didn't go to uni, so... Uh, yeah, right. hospital radio for me. I, I always think, I mean, you know, professional radio obviously is brilliant uh, and it pays the wages and pays the bills, which is uh, fabulous. In some ways, when you kind of, I mean, I didn't do hospital radio, but I did um, kind of community radio before it was really a, a, a thing. Oh, just so much fun. And, and mm. I don't I don't know whether or not like professional radio has ever quite been as much fun as those first days, because that just that fascination of the fact that you're on the radio, people can hear you, that that it's just such a, just an amazing feeling, isn't it? It's, it's different. It, it's Hospital radio is a bit different because uh, obviously the very nature of it, it people are poorly. And so the yeah. interaction was not really there in terms of you know you even if you did a competition on your show yeah you were 
lucky to get anybody that that was taking part you know you weren't getting calls in and and all of that um so i i definitely have experienced it in different ways because when i first got into radio and then people were actually calling up or you know writing in in those days that's how old i am when people were calling up writing in (laughs) sending postcards doing all of that it's it's yeah, it feels like a bit of a responsibility, really. I'm obviously used to that now. But certainly the first time you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, I know people are listening because they're calling me and then they're texting and, and all of that. So, yeah, I've definitely experienced both sides of that. When does the big break come? When when do you make that move then into I'm going to do floppy bunny ears, as I say? proper radio mm. um some of the guys that i worked with at hospital radio were part of the founding members of stray fm in harrogate uh so i i guess i had a little bit of a i knew them already so w- worked with them so they knew that i could uh do it to a degree so they let me have a weekend show i used to do a weekend show and they would pay they paid me five pounds expenses so I used to drive mum's car to Harrogate and I used to do weekend show for free. And I remember the first day I turned up, was, this is a, a blooming shock to the system. The first day I turned up and they went, so what CDs did you bring with you? And I was like, oh, oh, oh this is weird. And they said, oh, no, you, you can play your own CDs if you want. It's not like that now, let me tell you. Wow. Um, yeah, you can play your own CDs. What song do you want to start with? What song do you want the first song that you ever play on professional radio to be? I was allowed to choose that. And the only CDs they had for me, um, I mean, they had a few, obviously, but they, they, I, I did an album chart on that show. So they, they were happy to provide those albums, thank God. But yeah, it was, it's, it's weird to think back to, to those days. I mean, it's certainly that's the only place that's ever happened was, was when I did this weekend show um, at Stray. It had a basic playlist and a presenter, many presenter free choices throughout the few hours that I did. Imagine that now. Oh my God, it's a I dream, it. isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a sackable offence now, isn't it? it if, really you, uh, is. if you play something you were interested. Really it just is. begs the question, by the way, what did you pick as your first ever song on, on professional radio? I'm going to feel sad to tell you that I'm a huge George Michael fan. Like, you know, he's my, my first ever love. Um, no regrets. I'm, and so I chose George Michael, but I chose A Different Corner, <laughs> which, which is... No, no, it's such a, it's a great song, right? It's, it's a proper good song. Emotions, cry, do all of that. But is that the uplifting first George Michael song you should be playing? Probably not. Mm. However, young, I was young and foolish and in love. Young and foolish and in love. <laughs> it's it's almost like it's almost like you know last ever song on commercial radio yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is is more appropriate for. But you know what? It's 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 a song you love, so it's fine. Um, so give us a bit of a whistle stop. Then what kind of happens from from that point in your career? I went to uh, Minster FM in York, uh, which was a bigger station at the time, and I did overnights there, um, no contract. So I kept my day job in insurance. So I did overnights on the radio and then went to work. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I loved it. I totally loved it. Going when to did you full- actually sleep? Yeah, I used to get home because insurance was flexi time. So I could, I could like get home for half four in the evening, have tea, sleep up again, uh, up again at midnight, essentially. And then I was in for one or whatever it was, half twelve, one, I wow. can't remember. Uh, yeah, so I did that. So I went to Minster FM there and, you know, again, 
kept on learning and because it's it i think you don't appreciate when you first get into radio that the different formats and the different things that would be expected of you uh, and that you have to be able to adapt and and do all those things so yeah all these things are a, a real learning curve a good learning curve so yeah i did and then i um applied i just kept applying everywhere because i wanted to do breakfast i wanted to do a, a double-headed show at least I like that format a lot still. So I just kept applying and then I got the breakfast show at Ram FM in Derby as it was then and eventually moved to Trent FM, Absolute Radio, uh, Free Radio and now at Gem again. Well, Gem in the in the East Midlands where Trent used to be, of course. What's been uh, what's been your favorite show then that you've that you've done that you've worked on? Uh, it's, it's hard because I worked with Twiggy, um, me and Twiggy did 13 year, 13, 14 years together. And we did a, uh, a breakfast show, at a really, really amazing time in radio because there was budget. Oh my God, there was budget. <laughs> we, yeah, we had, we had, essentially the, the, the whole radio station was working to make us sound good and to make sure that the promotions were on our show and we were marketed and everything pointed towards our show. And it, it, we had such huge success there. We won awards, um, Twiggy and I did. Um, it, it, we went to, I don't know, five or six American radio boot camps together. And we had such a, an amazing, that was such a huge part of my career. Like it was crazy. And then I, I, I just wanted London eventually. I, I just wanted to do London at some stage. So when I got offered absolute radio, I went there for a year and it was one of the best years of my life. Um, made the best friend of my life. It was one of those amazing times so that was also good, but here where I am now, I, I think I'm a I'm I'm a better radio presenter. So it, I feel like they've all it's all given me something. You know, the guy I work with now, Sparky, is uh, keeping me young. So that's a good thing. Uh, he's younger than me. So it, it's yeah, it's weird. It's just they're all different moments in time for me. All of it is. So I it would be unfair of me to choose who was the uh, <laughs> the, the best enough. person I worked with and which was the best show because they, they've just all given me something different you know yeah I, I I want to ask you a bit more about the show that you did with Twiggy because I think for, if there's anyone listening to this that maybe wasn't around or wasn't listening to radio or was based somewhere else during that time it's it's really kind of it's it's hard to get across just how successful that show was it was like when award season came around i was working at a different radio station you'd just be waiting for it you you knew that you guys would would nearly always be getting a nomination because uh i think the standard that you set yourselves and that you worked to was just insanely high mm. um after 13 years that kind of um i don't know what what do we call it like a a, a conscious uncoupling or, or whatever it is what, what was that like <laughs> Um, it was hard uh, because because we were still successful. We were we were still on a high, and actually, we were just about to celebrate ten years at Trent um, together. We did three years in Derby at Ram, so we were just about to celebrate ten years at Trent. And I was 
leg in it essentially. But I feel, I feel, I it, Twiggy knew the team knew that I that that's was my dream and that's what I wanted to do. So it was, whilst it was a bit of a surprise because it just took me a long time to actually get a job in London. It, I guess that was the shock, but they did know that I was was applying and that I was wanting to do that. So yeah, it was, it was, I guess it was hard, but it, yeah, it was, it was difficult, but you know what? Uh, It was, it was done for the right reasons. Twiggy and I remained the absolute best of friends. He's the happiest now at the BBC that he's ever been. So he tells me, hate him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, it it has all worked out fine and it gave him the opportunity to do um, things a little bit differently too and work with somebody else so it it was a hard thing to I mean god we were and we were on good money because we were the ad revenue was so so big on that show we were on good money so it was it was a, a tricky decision I could have gone there and and continued to be successful if I'd have wanted to and and been complacent's the wrong word but it, it does feel a bit like that I could have just gone oh well I'll just do this it's fine but I yeah. just always wanted I just always wanted to live in London and do that London thing um, for a while. And, and I, I definitely have no regrets, that's for sure. I think one of the things that, you know, when I, when I think about, um, you know, Trent at its peak and, and the station that you were doing, I think one of the things it was amazing for was it was so in touch with its listenership, but you were there, you know, you were in the middle of the, of the patch and it felt like you were absolutely all over. There was nothing that happened in that patch that you didn't know about. And if you were involved with it, it's because you chose not to be involved with it rather than, than anything else. Mm. Um, you know, obviously going on to do absolute radio. And I know now, obviously you do some stuff on greatest hits radio as well. How does doing national radio compare? Because, you you can't feel like you own your patch in national radio. You can't feel quite that same connection with with being on a local or regional station. So so how how do those two compare? It's just very different. It's a different beast doing national radio because it doesn't really matter where you live. Of course, um, it, you are just doing a different style of radio because you have to. Your content has to be different. It has to be. Uh, more generic but more lifestyle rather than from where you live so you just have to you have to just present differently there is a huge huge wonderful reason why why local radio truly local radio works and and there's there's most definitely a call for it but I grew up um, listening to Simon Mayer who did not live where I lived uh, and Bruno Brooks and all of that. And I also, when I actually was a, at school, there was no local radio in York at all. So I used to listen to Viking in Hull, uh, Diana Luke, Tim Finley. Those I loved those people. And again, they were nowhere. They weren't in my patch either. So I guess for me, you know, grabbing the beast that was um, Trent FM and being truly local was a, a, a bit of a different style of radio to what I grew up listening to that is for sure um but I tell you what if you can get in there and do it well you 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 can be there for life you know you really can be Twiggy will be uh, he's on Radio Derby god I'm I'm plugging why am I plugging his show he's um (laughs) he's on Radio Derby now and and, you know he'll he'll be there forever and they love him and he's he is truly uh, uh, doing great local radio and my god they love him for it so there is just a it's just a different way and and you know you you pick and choose what you listen to I suppose depending on what you like 
Uh, and it's as simple as that. You just have to, to, to broadcast differently, I guess. So, so radio obviously has, has changed so much over the, the years and, and, and so many of the stations that we've mentioned either just don't exist anymore or exist in a very different guise. You're talking about Stray, obviously, where you started, which um, is, is now obviously part of the, the greatest hits network, but there's a couple of community stations there. Um, things, have, things have changed a lot. What, what's your, what are your thoughts on radio kind of right now and how things have changed over the years? It's, yeah, I mean, obviously as a radio person, it's sad when things are networked and it's sad when things change. But if the money was coming in, then I don't necessarily think it would change. You know, I think that the world has changed and we are in a different world now and radio has to be tackled differently because if the money ain't coming in, you can't keep a radio station um, open. Don't get me wrong. Of course, there'll be people going, yeah, well, money was coming into ours and they changed it. I, I'm sad. I, it makes me sad. That does. Of course it does. But it's just different now. And, you know, the groups that are dominant and that are making it work have made their decisions. And sadly, we have to get on with it. it I do think it's quite sad. But there are still opportunities. There are still um, great opportunities for people to get into this industry. Granted, not as many as when I was getting into it, I'll, I'll grant you. Um, but there, is, there are still opportunities. And, you know, it just means that you can be um, you can be across the country sat in, you know, Manchester or, or wherever it is. You know, you don't have to go to London to be national anymore. When I do my Greatest Hits um, cover, uh, they've wired it up. I don't know the technical word that uh, I can I can do that from Nottingham. So you know, it's there are still opportunities there. I do think it's sad. It is not the same industry that I came into because the money's just not there. It, it just isn't. You know, I was talking about uh, Twiggy and I. We, you know, we we used to go. The company would pay for us to go to America to learn radio every year, and we'd been doing it for ten years. But we still wanted to learn, and we still wanted to. And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna feed money back in." Well, that's because the money was coming in. So it it was just it was a different era, and maybe we'll get back to that w- one day. I mean, I sincerely hope so, because it was really good fun. It was great fun. <laughs> Um, but you know, it, it, it does change. It's, it's, eh, we're adults. We've got to get on with it, haven't we? It's, that's not me Very being true. a cop out, but it is the truth. You've, you've obviously talked quite a bit about the presenters that you listened to when you were younger and kind of the inspiration, um, that, that, that you found listening to different people on the, on the radio. What about those people who maybe kind of look up to you and think, um, you know, I, I, I want to do what, what Joe does. What advice would you give to people now who are looking to make it into radio? I would say what I didn't realize when I tried to get into radio was that there is a fine line between being keen and annoying. So <laughs> go find that line. And I don't know how to find it. This is terrible advice. But um, yeah, you, you don't give up. That's that's number one. I wanted to get into radio when I was 13, 14, and I, it took me 10 years, of course, because I was a small child at the time. But it took me, <laughs> but it took me 10 years. I had 10 years of, of rejection. I had 10 years of you're not good enough. I had 10 years of you've got no experience. Why are you, you know, I had people were harsh in those days with their uh, rejection letters. But I just, I knew I could do it. I absolutely knew that if I worked hard enough, I would do it. And if you want to do it, it there, there will be places available. They really will. But you have got to want to do it and you've got to work hard. You know, many times with Twiggy and with Sparky, we have been to 
um, schools and colleges and they've all gone, oh, amazing. Kent, I want to get into radio. Kent, we want to get in. And we've gone, great, email us. Email us and you can come in. And we don't hear from them again. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, you, you got you got to put a bit of the, the graft in, I suppose. You have to. There are less opportunities because, you know, we, especially now after COVID, we, we don't have people around the radio station helping out anymore. So, you know, that was a, a great way of getting in, just offering to come in and help and, and, and do stuff for nothing. Um, but we just, we, those opportunities have gone. However, there are more university radios now and there are more community radios than there used to be. So you can get in and, and learn how to do it and, and you know, get in. We, are, we have a, a bunch of people who keep in touch with us um, at GEM that, that are getting into radio and, you know, they'll, they'll keep pushing and, and they'll do it for, for definite, for definite. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with, um, totally agree with that. Will you be radio forever now? Or do you think there'll ever be a day where you think oh, I'm going to go and work in the bank? Actually, I'll do that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that. And the honest answer is that if I've thought about this a bit, cause now I'm getting older, the opportunities are, uh, are most definitely less. Um, as you get older, because they'll they'll come a day when I am too old to do certain radio stations. Yay. Yeah, Yay. thanks, darling. Tell that to my boss. Um, but then, yeah, there will come a day when I'm too old. So I'll just have, and I'm, I'm I guess I'm ready for that. And so my my opportunities will be the older brands, and and there's not a lot of those around, and therefore the opportunities will be slimmer. So I have thought about this a lot, and my thought process is if Oh my God, what do I say here? If the wages are the same as me working in Tesco's, but with less pressure, would I go to Tesco's? Don't know the answer to that. Maybe I would. I don't know. Who knows? Can you you ever really imagine a world where you're not getting up at four in the morning? Well, yeah, I know. I've done that for, how long have I done that? 26 years now. I can't imagine it, but there is a, beacon in the back of my head going <laughs> one day one day do the overnight shift at tesco's it'll be fine i don't know i don't know i don't want to i don't want to ever leave i love the the older stuff i'm doing as well as you know the stuff i'm doing with sparky which keeps me young and relevant um still but it is that's the truth of the situation you know i'm i'm 50 now and i have got to uh, keep relevant for the radio station that I'm on. And when that goes, I, I can be part of the older brand. And I love, the thing I love about Greatest Hits Radio when I do that is all the music I'm playing, I, I can, I've got a story about because I yeah. grew up with it. Like I was saying yeah. earlier about I wanted to get into radio. A lot of that was because I just loved music. And so I yeah. have a story about pretty much every song. I've been to see most of those bands live and so it's it's a, just a real wonderful nostalgic ride every time I'm on that that radio station. And so I hope I have a future with the older brands too. So, um, or I'll just go knocking on Twiggy's door again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting to hear you talking about uh, music and stories and stuff. As I glance ahead to the Jock Against the Clock questions, I think yeah. there's one that you might get right, but uh, just we'll see. One. Um, well, certainly one that you'll definitely get right. Okay, um, Joe, your time has come. Are you ready? 
Yeah, I'm ready. Should we do it? All right. Yeah. Jock against the clock. So this is how it works. Five questions. Uh, you've got to answer them as quick as you can. You get a 10-second penalty for any that you get wrong. If you get them all wrong, which is not going to happen, then uh, you're out. Okay. And obviously, this is this is the October podcast, so they are all questions in some way linked to October. I'm so nervous. It's a modest leaderboard at the moment. We've only got two names on it. So the time that you've got to beat uh, is Dan Noble from Absolute Radio last month. He did it in 48 seconds, but with a 30-second penalty. So he came out at 78 seconds. He is currently top of the leaderboard. Uh, Bottom of the leaderboard, or second, depending how positive you want to feel about this, is uh, is Dixie from up at uh, Hart. Uh, who uh, didn't do very well? I say ninety-one seconds. So uh, yeah, yeah how, where 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 do you see yourself? Do you think uh, you're in a good shot of going number yeah, one? Yeah, I'm s- crazy competitive. Um, I don't want to sound horrible to Dan and Dixie, but you know, in your face, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Brilliant! Do it for the girls. All right. Yeah. Are you Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. In three, two, one. Start the clock. The first iPod was released on October the 23rd of which naughty's year? Uh, 2002. Aha went to number one in October 1985 with which very well-known song? Take On Me. What was switched on in Sellafield in Cumbria in October 1956? The first ever radio transmitter. What was the East End show which debuted in October 1999 with characters including Mufasa and Nala? Lion King. Which Scandinavian country was the first to introduce legal same-sex partnerships in October 1989? Denmark. Stop the clock. Jock against the clock. Right, you did that in exactly... 44 seconds. Speed is key. How many did I get wrong? I'm so scared. Let's go through them and see. So the first iPod was released on October the 23rd of which naughty's year? You said 2002. Yeah. Oh, it's painfully close. It's 2001. Ooh. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, Aha, uh, of course, was Take On Me. That's the one that I knew that you'd get right, so well done. What was switched on in Sellafield in October 1956? You said radio transmitter. It was uh, the UK's first nuclear power station, Sellafield. Are you thought, sure that there that was one. no? Yeah, but are you sure there was no radio <laughs> transmitter? I think it'd be brave time. of them to have been constructing a radio tower at the same time that they were building <laughs> never say uh, never. a nuclear nuclear power station. <laughs> uh, the East End show was indeed the Lion King. You got that right. And the Scandinavian country. You said Denmark. The answer was. Denmark. Yes! So you got two wrong, which is 20 seconds to add on to your time, which gives you a grand total of 64 seconds. And I've got to, I've got, I've got, I've got to press this button. The Radio Essentials Leaderboard. And now I can tell you that you are top of the leaderboard! Oh! My work here is done. My work here is done. Right, stop, by, the, stop the podcast now. By a fair, a fair distance, to be fair, 64 seconds, that puts you well ahead, sitting very, very pretty at the top of the leaderboard. Well done. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Don't I mean, Just don't do it anymore. I feel like you've had some real good high points through your career, 
Joe, but now you've kind of, this is it. This is the pinnacle. <laughs> Twiggy and I once won a um, mince pie eating competition in Nottingham and they, they <laughs> never did it again. They just didn't do it again. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> we're still reigning champions. This is how we've been so successful because people just stopped doing stuff when we win. <laughs> Love it. Fantastic. Joe, thank you so much for your time. It's been brilliant to chat. And, you know, I wish you every success for the many, many years that I know you will continue doing breakfast radio and and, and just absolutely smashing it out of the park. So um, thank thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, darling. Find out more about Radio Essentials by finding us on social media at Radio Essentials or head to radioessentials.com. That's where you find free generic imaging for your radio station and a competition to win a bespoke package as well. And we will see you back here next month where we'll have another guest from the world of radio. The Radio Essentials Podcast. Visit Radio Essentials online, radioessentials.com.